Hey, Life Church Canton. My name is Roger. I'm the student director here. Thanks for listening to us today. I'll be taking over podcasting duties from Pastor Jared, so you'll uh, start hearing my voice every time you tune in. Uh, if you've been tuning in for a while, welcome back. If you're a new listener, we would uh, invite you to subscribe so you can hear more of us in the future. Also, if you would like to participate in what God is doing in this community, then we invite you to give financially. You can do that online via our website on the Now page. So we're continuing today in our series about parables. We've been going through that for a couple weeks. This week, Pastor Nathan is bringing us a message. He is going to be talking a lot about digging and finding, and he has some props and some things he's going to be doing on stage that you will not be able to see. So just keep in mind as you hear, uh, he's talking about digging and finding. Uh, It's going to be a great message. Uh, See you in a bit. Just thinking about that song as well, and uh, how sometimes it is well with our souls, right? Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's been better. No matter what you came in here with today, maybe you came in and you're like, it's bad. That moment of singing, that moment of worship, isn't about saying something that isn't true about your heart, but about asking and inviting God to make it well in our hearts. So I hope you know that you belong no matter who you are, whether this is your first time or hundreds or thousands of time, if you are checking us out online for the first time as well, this is a place for you, a place for you to encounter Jesus. I love Jesus. I hope you do too. And maybe you're just getting to know who he is. Maybe you're not following him yet. But Jesus spoke in a certain way that just inspired us. Much like songs kind of get behind our defenses and affect us emotionally. The parables or the stories that he told, they get behind our, our, our boundaries, our barriers, even the way we think. It slips in behind and ignites our imagination but also teaches us truth. And Jesus, he spoke in parables. This series, as we're drawing it to a close, we have a few more to go, is about the stories of Jesus and his kingdom and how he used it for thousands of years up to now to inspire us to listen differently, to look. So no matter who you are, you are welcome here. Uh, My name is Nathan. If I didn't say that already, I'm I'm one of the pastors here. I'd love to talk to you if you're new or haven't talked to me yet. Uh, after the gathering. The last two weeks, we've been talking about the kingdom. And we use the idea of a mustard seed, and a mustard seed being this tiny little invasive plant that got into fields, and once it was in the field, it was almost impossible to get rid of it because it sprung up, and it was not pretty to the world's eyes, but it spread by the wind. It's this invasive force. That's the kingdom. It's invasive in a good way, in a way that's unexpected. And our job is to flow with where the wind blows those seeds. Next, last week, uh, Roger, he spoke about yeast or leaven, what helps bread rise, and how our job is to knead the kingdom, to work that yeast all the way through so that the bread rises and it's beautiful. Both of these, once, once they're there, they can't be removed. It's this invasive force, and it talks about how it's our job to be part of it. We're going to take another turn in the parable. Surprise, surprise, Jesus tends to do that. Now the kingdom is compared to something different. Matthew 13, 44, a parable maybe you've heard before. Very simple. There's actually two parts to it of the same one. Here it is. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. 
And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Okay. Jesus, not another field. Like we've been talking about fields and seeds and you keep changing what it means every time. I'm getting confused. At least this time, it's not seeds. It's just a field with some treasure in it. What is happening here? Well, what's happening is most likely this is a guy who works that field during the day. And his job may be to remove rocks or, or to till it. He's working the field. He, he's just doing his job. And all of a sudden, he comes across treasure. This word for treasure can mean money or jewels or, or valuables. And when he found it, he left it where it was, essentially. He saw it and just left it there and said, okay, I'm going to go buy this field so that I own everything in this field. He sold everything that he had to have it. Now, why is there treasure in the field? Well, back then, there was a lot of wars and a lot of refugees. We have refugees today. And, and what happens is they have to leave their homeland not knowing when they're going to come back. They can't leave anything there because it'll be destroyed. If they stay, they'll die. So they take all of their possessions, the ones that they can carry, and on their way out, they hide it in a field. And the idea is that someday they'd come back, but hundreds of years later, you would find these things. It was very rare to find this treasure. Basically, it was a lifetime savings. It was, it was like winning the lottery. It, to find it would be like Charlie, who opened up that, that chocolate wrapper and saw the gold ticket inside, that, that rush of emotion, the possibilities that could be, that would be that feeling. It would be like stumbling, walking down the street and finding a Bitcoin on the road and picking it up. By the way, that's not how Bitcoin works. Um, for those who don't understand, Bitcoin are worth about, I don't know, depending on the day, somewhere between fifty and 65000 a coin. But maybe it would be more like you were a young person and got lucky and you bought 10000 of Bitcoin when you couldn't even buy pizza with it and it was on a hard drive and it had this key and you lost the key. And there's $10,000 on this hard drive, or $10,000 10, Bitcoin, which would be like millions, millions and millions but you finally find that key again. That moment would change your life forever. And he says the kingdom of God is like that treasure in a field. That's what he's comparing it to. Can you imagine feeling that way? That joy to be overwhelmed? I mean, he sold everything to purchase that field. The implication here is that everything he had could not compare to the joy of that treasure. He didn't even have to think about it. There was no decision-making. It was just go sell everything and get that. I could talk about the cost of discipleship, the cost of the kingdom, and that would be appropriate in this parable. But I, I want to focus on the joy of the discovery. I think God has something specific for us about the joy of the discovery. Here's the other implication. That treasure didn't just magically appear on its own. It was placed there ahead of time. Placed there ahead of time. Uh, a mentor of mine uh, great man of God. He, he uh, retired, sort of. He's still working, but he bought a big farm, loves the farm. And he has this huge, huge, huge mound of dirt in, uh, his, you know, near his barn. And his grandchildren were coming over. So the day before, he went out and he took all these like treasures, gifts and, and coins and, and kinds of things, and, and he dug into this huge mound and he hid them all throughout it. Then he smoothed everything over and made sure it was perfect. And when his grandchildren came, grandchildren came after they said hello and everything, he walked them out to this mound of dirt. And out there he had three little buckets and three little trowels. And he said, there's treasure in there. Go. And these kids just went crazy. Like, they went in there and he just pulled up a chair and sat and watched. 
And every moment those kids would dig through here, they're trying to find, they're going crazy. And, and at one moment there'd be this quiet and then someone would raise their fist in the air, holding something and the joy and the excitement and the wonder of discovery. And he just sat there and watched in his joy. He just described the feeling of watching that moment. And he shared that with me and then he said this, because I asked him, why'd you do that? He goes, I always want my grandchildren to believe that there is treasure hidden everywhere. That God has hidden treasure for them to find in all the areas of their life. It was beautiful. And it made me think of that moment. So I made my own little hill, and it's mulch, not dirt. But it made me think of that, that moment of discovery. See, this parable, this parable, is about becoming a treasure hunter in my mind. And that's what I want for you. I want you to feel the same way those kids did, the joy of discovery. Now, many of us, we did discover a treasure. We're just out living our life, running around, doing, digging, working, doing our thing. And there was this moment where we're just kind of looking around and nothing much is happening and we find something. This moment where we hear something. We find this treasure, this excitement that hits us. What, what, what is this treasure? What is this treasure, do you think? I, I, as I thought about it, I realized that this parable, this first treasure, it reminds me the most of that moment that you found salvation in Jesus Christ. That moment where there was just in your life, in your day, maybe you were just moving around and, and you heard someone tell you about Jesus or you came to a church service or you were hurting and you, you, you went to get help or a grandma used to pray over you and there was this moment where you discovered it. It's like you're just digging around and, and sometimes you're digging around in the hard things of life. Like it's nice, this, this is nice and mulchy, but, but often life isn't mulch, it's sometimes dirt and sometimes life's manure. Anyone, amen on that one? Anyone, anyone dealing with a giant pile of manure in your life? So we're not, we're just dealing with it. We don't want to dig in it, but we're looking around and all of a sudden we find these treasures, these moments. I think the first time when you found Jesus and you realize like all the pain, all the suffering, all the shame in your life had an answer. He had one answer, the way, the truth, and the life, and that was Jesus. I think often when we find Jesus the first time, we're like that man, and we're willing to give everything up. We stumbled almost upon it, but the beauty of it is you didn't stumble. It was placed there ahead of time for you to find, and we find Jesus. This is the treasure. This is that moment. And I want you to be treasure hunters. I want you to keep coming back to the world and I want you to keep looking. And instead of, you, can you imagine finding the first one and getting really excited? And then you just keep going, you just keep going and you keep finding more and more and more. And this is what I want for you, to find the joy of seeking the kingdom of God that's hidden. The kingdom of God where he shows up and transforms. If I could do anything for you, if I could place anything in your heart, I wish you would understand that God the Father, much like my mentor, his desire is for you to believe that there is treasure in your life. Moments of joy, of seeing the kingdom break in, of transformation, of new life for you and for others. And he wants you to be full of wonder and joy. Be willing to give it up. But I, I think 
God is hiding his kingdom treasure all around us and, and just we aren't, we aren't looking for it anymore. We've lost that childhood wonder. Maybe we never even had it. Maybe we had a rough way to go. And the world is more about dirt. It's more about fear. It's more about worry. Or somewhere along the way it came about that. Or maybe it's about preserving the things that we have. And life becomes less joyful because our wonder is removed. We don't seek out the treasure. In fact, instead of becoming treasure hunters, you know what we end up doing? We end up digging up dirt on people and things to make sure that we're okay. We dig up dirt on people in our conversations with others, with news and politics and our relationships with friends. We dig up dirt. It's like we forgot what we're supposed to dig for. We're supposed to dig through the dirt to find the treasure of what the kingdom is, what God is doing, what he's placed there. We just get used to looking at all the junk, trying to protect ourselves. I was reminded of this this week with the tragedy at Oxford High School. I'm going to pray in a moment, but I want to bring it up. The reason why I want to bring it up is because in the effort to to find closure and healing and answers and to protect from the, the future that these kinds of things wouldn't happen again. People wanted to know information, and uh, that's good, and it's important, and we need to know. But I'm so tired of our world because what the news did with it is instead of presenting things in a way to bring closure and healing, they presented things to be sensational. They drove the media over and over again to, to draw us back into this, the, the darkness of what happened. Don't get me wrong, we need to know what happened. But the way we did it wasn't to bring closure, to bring healing or hope or anything like that. It was to drive us towards frustration and anger and to, for those who are grieving, those who are sad, those who are afraid, it stirred up inside of them just more and more and more of that. And I'm sad about that. But you know what I'm more sad about? I'm sad about the fact that like, I got sucked into that. I was looking on my phone every 30 minutes to see what was going wrong and what those parents had done and yada, 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 yada. And I found what was boiling up inside of me was not joy or love or godly sorrow, but rage and anger and blame. You know, what... We need to be treasure hunters, not just for situations like this, but because those who are suffering in this situation, of there are many, they need us to point them to the treasure, which is Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. But I, I think we lost our wonder. And so what we offer them may just be words, but they don't have the hope and the joy. See, we've forgotten what it was like to discover this moment, this kingdom moment, and it just overwhelms us. We forgot it. So what do we have to offer? Those who are truly in pain and suffering. The murder of four students and the suffering of the community is something we must process and embrace and not ignore. But we need to be in the place where we can bring hope and love and joy to those who are feeling despair and pain and hurt. Our joy will not be strong enough to lead people through it if we don't become the ones who seek out the kingdom and see the joy of it transform our hearts and others. Will you pray with me? Now, I'm going to pray out loud. You can listen to me, but you can pray your own prayer for the community. God, we pray that your hand would be on those who are mourning, 
those who have lost loved ones or had those who were injured. We pray for the students who have experienced some trauma and fear and worry. We pray for those who feel like they could have done more and the shame they may be experiencing. We pray for justice, yes, God. We pray for answers, yes, God. We also pray for healing. We pray that we would be the kind of people who provide hope and love to those who are mourning. Give us the strength. God, I pray for our students, all of our students, especially those in Oxford, but all of our students. God, I, I am mourning because I think our children are losing their wonder. Because we live in such a fearful world. God, I pray that they would find it again and that we would show them how to find the wonder of your kingdom. Amen. If you're struggling, we're going to have people here to pray at the end. Don't leave here without receiving an encounter with Jesus and praying with them. This matters. Joy matters. You think, how are you going to preach about joy on a Sunday after a week like this or a week where there's, there's deaths or, or, or discrimination? Well, how do you preach about joy? And I said, because joy is the kingdom breaking through. And it isn't that we are saved so that someday we experience heaven and we'll have all our joy then. No, the kingdom is now. Not only that, that God has placed this treasure in your life all around you. Ephesians 2 talks about how you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he had prepared in advance for you to do, that he has hidden these kingdom works in your life. And often it's in the place you don't expect in it, the place that just doesn't look too pretty. There are these treasures, these moments of joy. Let's go back to the parable. We're going to switch to the second half of it. Matthew 13, 45 through 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Again, these are connected. There's a reason. They're slightly different, but they're to help us understand something about the kingdom. There's an inference, the two of great joy. I call this guy a, a pearl, right? What's a pearl? Well, you guys all know what pearls are, but back then, that's what they would say is the most valuable thing. Diamond is probably the most valuable thing. For us right now, they would say pearls. Pearls were the most valuable thing. So saying pearl is like saying treasure. This guy was a treasure hunter, and he found the best treasure of all, so much so that he was willing to give everything away. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is something to be discovered. It's something to find. It's something to be valued. There's this idea that I will give everything over to have it. The merchant knew what he was looking for. I want you to be a treasure hunter who knows what they're looking for so that you find what others can't see. There's a man who walked into a flea market and he saw all these little, you know, pretty rocks and one was not so pretty. It was an orb and it was offset and whatever. And he looked at it and he said, how much for this one? He says, $15. He goes, all you want for this rock right here is $15. The guy said, yes. Okay. Handed it over and walked away with one of the largest sapphires ever found because he knew what he was looking for. I want you to be looking for the kingdom breaking through. Breaking through and that 
that young teenage boy that you love deeply who's gone astray and you think it's lost. It's not lost. The kingdom is breaking through. I don't know who that's for because that wasn't in my notes. I just feel God saying to have hope and joy for that because the joy is here. I want to bring this into the, the modern world because most of us don't have fields. We don't work in that. That's not our, our life. So what does this look like? I want to introduce you to someone. His name is Jake. And Jake has a channel on YouTube called River Treasure. And he is one of the most joyful guys I've ever met. Look at that guy. I want to know him. He's, look, I mean, he's just happy. And it's so genuine. What does he do? Okay, well, he's got like a weird suit on. He's a scuba diver. So what he does is he goes down into water and he goes down and finds it. He'll go to like canoeing trips and going like with the people canoeing and go after them. He's found hundreds of iPhones you know, hundreds of iPhones. He's found all kinds of stuff, all that. So anyways, you get to watch these videos and it's him going through the water and it's usually murky and nasty as heck. Like I ain't going in there, right? Like, and he's going through and he finds stuff. The beautiful part, a beautiful part of it is like he's muffled because he's got a mask on, but you can still hear a recording. So he'll be going through and all of a sudden he'll go like, like to, to stir the water and he'll find something and you'll hear this, oh, like he's just excited he just finds joy over the stupidest junk like like but then he finds cool stuff too i mean at one point he found an eight thousand dollar wedding ring like like he's he finds stuff and and most of the time he just tries to find whoever it is and return it to him so it's like double joy right like it's like he lives in this joy of the discovery oh and he's always looking for it and willing to look where people aren't one of the things he's been doing recently that I, I find exciting is something called magnet fishing. Anyone heard of magnet fishing? It's not fishing for metal fish, no. It's, it's taking a magnet and drawing it across the bottom of a body of water to pick up whatever you can find. So he's been doing that lately, and I enjoy that one because he's usually out of the water for that. Sometimes he goes underwater, but he's just going through. And, and there's this one video that he released recently where he was at like a, a more of an urban, like is in California, uh, man-made pond that was nasty, really, really nasty. And he went in there, and in one day, he found 10 smart scooters, uh, an 80s boom box, and like 26 knives. Like, look at that. He had the best day of his life. I feel like if, if, if you grew up to like find the joy of discovery, you'd grow up like him full of excitement of the treasures all around us. He goes, hey guys, let's go get some river treasure. He says that all the time. So I thought about it, and actually while I was in here earlier, I kind of saw this. What's this here? Ooh, oh, look at that. This is a giant magnet for you, those who haven't figured it out yet. I bought one because I really wanted one. And uh, <laughs> isn't that why you guys buy stuff? Just because you really wanted one. Um, but it's, it's a giant magnet. And, and it's not as big. His is like two times as big, but mine's for a sermon illustration. So like, I'm not going to go like ham on a $400 magnet. Like, but this one on its own generates 1,000 pounds of force. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. That's just a marketing thing, right? Whatever, whatever. So um, I was uh, trying to do a magnet on and test it out. And I had a screwdriver on the ground, right? And I'm like, okay, that's perfect. And so I kind of have my hand here and I'm, I'm three feet from it. And I put my hand underneath to kind of move it to see if it goes. Oh, and that screwdriver jumped up and pinched my fingers between. It was painful. I was like, ow, 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 oh my gosh, like it's so heavy. 
It's very, very heavy. So anyways, I wanted to show you what this might be like if you're magnet fishing out in a pond or whatever. Um, but I had uh, David uh, pick out a bunch of metal things uh, that I have no idea what they are. And they're in the water right here. So I'm going to do a little magnet fishing with you. I am a little nervous uh, because I don't know what he is going to do to me. He could put all kinds of stuff in here. But listen, this is my favorite part. Listen to the sound that makes when it drops in. This is fantastic. Oh, do it again. It was my, oh, oh, what, what's that? What did I find? What did you do? Oh, this is cool. This is a Star Wars lunch pail. Inside is nothing, but it doesn't need to have anything in it because this is beautiful. Look at that. Did any of you ever have this as a kid in the 70s, 80s? Anyone in the room have something like a lunch pail like this? Couple of you, you were in beautiful times, my friend. That's pretty cool. I want to put that up there, but you guys will keep looking at it. Let's try this again. What else do we got in here? Where's the sound? Yeah. By the way, if I was doing this water, don't do that because water's nasty. Usually this one's not so bad. What is this? This is, uh, this is uh, a box of some sort. Oh, that's a tissue box holder. Okay, you put that over a tissue box. Nice. Okay, what else do we got in here? Oh, oh man. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, there's a lot going on here. Uh, so there's that. And oh, jeez. Oh. Okay, well, that, I know what that is. That's a nice, need one of those every once in a while. What is that? I'm sorry, what? It's a drill. Everyone's like, look, it's a drill. Oh, like that? No. Oh, it's a drill. Okay. This, it's all the people who existed before fire know what this is. Uh, <laughs> if I a drill, it'd be a DeWalt, right? Like, it's kind of like, you know, I'm just kidding. Okay, no, I got it. I actually knew what that was. I was just being a jerk. Sure, I knew what it was. Okay. <sighs> What's this? Oh, it's one of those coin changers that you put on your belt. It's like a money in it, you know, and it, back when you guys, do you guys remember when we used coins for things? Yeah. <laughs> Look at this, it was very satisfying. Ooh. So you could, very cool. Oh, I like that. All kinds of stuff that you can find in there. So thank you for indulging me. Um, that is what it's like to find treasure, that joy of the discovery, the fun. What if you found those kinds of things in the river, that kind of excitement? But not just stuff and junk, but like real, actual treasure. Real, actual moments of joy. The joy of the kingdom is now, and all around you, there, all around you there are streams and ponds, He's asking you to search, to find. Even if the water is murky, we miss out on the treasures of God if we're not paying attention. So I was trying to think of how to help you understand what this might look like in your life. And I was reminded of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is a passage, it's a prophecy about Jesus, about what would come someday. I find it beautiful. So let's, let's read through this together. Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you, and I will move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. The kingdom is like hidden treasures, but we aren't looking. 
If we start looking, if we learn how to become treasure hunters, if we start to look for the kingdom, where should we start? Because that's probably your question. Where do I start? Because right now, all I see is junk. We start with the promises and go back to the treasure that we were given at the beginning. We were digging in here. We were moving through here and going through it and all that, and all of a sudden we're finding things. First we found salvation, but it meant so much more. We start back here at the beginning. And what we find is the treasure he's hiding around us is much like this. So what does Ezekiel say? He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you. You will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities. The truth is, if you follow Jesus, when that moment happens, you experience forgiveness, which means everything you've done wrong doesn't matter anymore. It may change who you are. It may have consequences beyond, but the shame and the guilt and the price has been taken from you onto Jesus, died on the cross. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, through my sacrifice. And when you find Jesus, you find a cleansing, a new life. So are you looking for the moments that you experience forgiveness? A reminder to us that we've experienced a clean heart, a new name. If you're a student, but this happens to adults too, uh, we often get names. We get titles or we get labels. It could be stupid, ugly, skinny, fat, whatever, lame, nerd, whatever words you want to use. Or maybe you're part of this crew or that group or you're a screw-up or you're never going to amount to anything or you're dumb. Like, we get these names that get put on us and categorized because people are harsh and mean. And it, and it doesn't change, just looks a little more refined as an adult, to be honest, which is not super encouraging except that you've been given a name by your parents, yeah, but also by God. That God has given you a new name, a new identity, and that is who you are. And no shame or no name-calling can steal that from you. And so we have to come back to that again and again. There's a woman who attended my church, the previous church, and she brought a woman in to me late at night, into to the office late at night, called me and said, hey, we got to meet because she's in a bad place. So the three of us met. And the reason why we were meeting is because she was contemplating suicide. And there was this moment where we talked about the way, the truth, and the life. I told her again and again, no, she had value. She had a different name, that she was valued by God, that she's loved and that she's chosen. And we worked through it and she accepted Christ in that moment and it was true and, and she's still around today. It was beautiful. But one of the things I told her was like, you have been forgiven of everything that you have done wrong. And one of the beautiful things about her, she was probably one of the, like, the messiest people I've ever met in my life. Like, I kid you not, like, the, wow, lots going on there. But what she understood deeply was that it wasn't just the moment she accepted Christ that she got grace. And then every moment after that, every moment time she sinned after that, it was just, you, know, you suck at a, as being a Christian. You should feel bad. You, you're new. Stop sinning. No, no, no. She understood forgiveness, the good news of the gospel, so deeply, and she just really tested it out. She sinned and did things over and over and over again. We had a community of people who loved her deeply and walked with her, and it was awesome. And I'm telling you, you wouldn't recognize who she is because she actually understands better than me what a clean heart is and the treasure of the kingdom and has changed her to the point where you wouldn't recognize the person that she is. And it's treasure. It's joy to see that. She messaged me 
recently to say, hey, don't forget the first sermon I heard you preach was about boldness. Be bold in sharing the good news of the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. So how do you do this? How do you become someone who looks for this treasure in you and in others? Here's your action step. Write down all the things you have done, all of them. Maybe you want to start with just last week. If you go for like the last decades of life, it might take you two years to write it all out. But just take some time and write down the things that you have done, the things you've done wrong, how you've hurt people. Let it flow out. Write it all down. And when you're finally empty of all the things you can think of, I want you to slowly cross them out and say, paid for. Because they're paid for by Jesus. And I'm telling you, if you do that little exercise, I don't think you're going to make it to the end without weeping because what you're rediscovering is the treasure that was always yours lying in your life. And it changes you and gives you joy. So we've been made clean, but we've been given a new heart. Ezekiel says we've been given a new heart. I'll remove the old one of stone and give you one of flesh. When I think about this, I think about a heart that's not worn out, but refreshed. Anyone feeling weary? Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due time we will reap it if we do not grow weary. Do not weary in doing good. <laughs> I feel tired. Anyone here feel tired? Any parent feel tired? Do you? Because I do. Well, that's not my inheritance. It's not weariness. It's a refreshment that comes from God that God can give me over and over and over again. I talked to a man last week from our church and I asked him this question because I sensed weariness in him. I asked him, what gives you joy? What gives you joy? And it took a moment. I don't think he's used to being asked that question. There was a pause and it took him a moment. But then he started to share about his children. He shared about his daughter who... <laughs> stood up for herself and those who were being discriminated against with poise and dignity. And how I made, he realized he didn't need me. She, she didn't need him to be there. And as you were watching him talk about his daughter, his eyes started to tear up with genuine joy and pride and emotion. He talked about his son who had sung on this stage and how he was so surprised by what was inside of him and how it came out and the overwhelmness. And he went on and on and on about these moments of joy. And I watched his heart, even if a little bit, in my mind, my perception, be refreshed. And what it did to me, even as I'm talking about it, and how that stirred in me, this joy, that even in extremely difficult times, the kingdom is at work. And there is joy. We've got to write those moments down. So here's what I want you to do. After you've gone through what's paid for, I want you to write down what joyful moments God has shown you, what has given you joy. What are those moments? Relive them if you can, because those are treasures. And they're there to transform your heart so that you can serve the, the treasures of the kingdom. Next, we've been given a new spirit a new spirit, not an old spirit. Our passion and joy has been refreshed. We're clean and vibrant. He's put a new spirit inside of you, one that can be excited about the kingdom. It's there. It's yours. There's kindness and love and joy inside of you, not because of anything you did, not because you're some kind of like, well, you're human and inside of you are all the divine. No, 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 because Jesus has placed this treasure in your heart when you found him. 
There's kindness and joy. Last week, a, a young man spoke to me last Sunday. Um, he had moved and, and he's back uh, for just a short period of time. But he came up to me and intentionally wanted to thank me because he was here during a time where he felt unsafe, a time where he felt a, a, a mess, and, and he, he expressed himself freely, but we had created this place of safety so that he could truly know that he belonged, that he belonged here, and so he wanted, me to, he wanted to thank me. He said, because of this place, his identity had been transformed and changed, and his commitment to following God had been established it was beautiful. I was, just, I was just so excited because it was one of the things I wanted for him. The exact thing I wanted for him had happened. And then he turned to me and he said, I am so sorry that I was such a burden. And I said to him, you are never a burden. The joy of seeing what God has done in you is a treasure to me. Those are the moments, those are the moments that help you keep going but they're the kingdom and they're here it keeps me digging no matter what i'm digging in it keeps me fishing no matter what the water looks like because there's treasure kingdom joy that's there oh i want your passion and joy to be refreshed i want you to feel clean i want you to feel this so badly especially in the season we are in Finally, we've been given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given into our hearts that moment that we dug up that field where we said, Jesus, I'm following you. The Holy Spirit has been given to you. Let, let me extend the metaphor a little bit here. I, w- I would say if we're extending this metaphor of magnet fishing, I would say that the Holy Spirit is much like this magnet. And we don't have the power on our own to find things, but this force, this gift, this person of the Holy Spirit has put the same power inside of us that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And so this spirit power has been given to us, and, and we rarely use it. We really don't. But it's been given, why? So that we can participate, experience the kingdom of God. What if I told you there was treasure in every area of your life? Even that one relationship, you're like, there's nothing good in there. But there's something there. Or that workplace, everything's a hot mess at that work. There's something there. there there's a treasure for the kingdom. Your school district, you, go, you name it, moving on and on and on. Those neighbors who have just been bad neighbors, who are just mean and don't like you. What if I told you there was treasure there? Kingdom transformation, not just for you, but for other people. Because when I observe the kingdom of God break out in people's lives, I actually experience more joy than it happens in mine. Because I see what God is doing. What if there's treasure there? Well, how would you know? How would you experience it? Well, it's all about positioning yourself in prayer. See, we learn what the Holy Spirit is doing in prayer. This motion, this movement of what God is doing, it happens as we position ourselves to listen and to be there. And if we don't learn how to be treasure hunters, if we don't learn how to engage with the Holy Spirit, then we're never going to see it. No, let, me, let me put it this way. You will. You'll see the kingdom in the same way that you found it, stumbling on it, or maybe in other people. It, it will happen. God does it in his grace and his mercy. He shows you joy all the time. But he also invites you to the hunt, the hunt to participate in the kingdom. So what do we do as we close? This is what I tell you. 
Our first action step I want you to prepare for is our 21 days of prayer. We start it in January and we go to our annual celebration. And it's a time, what, to position. See, see what it's like when we pray. It's like we're just lowering ourselves into the water. And the Holy Spirit does the work. It does the digging. It does the finding. It finds the different pieces for us. We don't do it. God does it. He shows us. And he teaches how to do that. The second thing is you may need to position yourself to experience the Holy Spirit right now. In a moment, the prayer team's going to come forward after I'm done. And they want to help you encounter Jesus. It's not about them praying fancy words over you. It's about you encountering Jesus and the kingdom of God breaking in. So maybe you need to come down here and get prayer. But the final way is for us to experience the treasure for the first time. Some of us have forgotten. And some of us never found the treasure in the field. And now is your time. How we're going to do that is we're going to ask God to break in. You see, sometimes we think we stumbled upon on accident, but the treasure was placed there for us to find. And for some of you, the treasure has been placed here today, now, for you to find. And this joy, it's, it does, you can't even describe this joy. This peace, this participation in something bigger, this rightness, it's like you've never been complete. You've never known what it meant to walk this world until you find this. Some of you need to find it today. Some of you need to return. So let's just ask God to speak. Would you close your eyes? Bow your head. God, I believe in this moment that you are calling people by name. That you are naming them and you're saying, come to me. Come to me, those who are weary, for you will find rest. So God, I pray that we would respond. Pray that those who want to start a relationship and start this treasure hunt, this journey with you, they would speak to you and they would tell you their need for someone to rescue them and to save them. That they would tell you their need for a way. That there is no other way except Jesus. There's no other name except Jesus. And they want to discover that treasure that you have placed there for them. So would they do that by saying something like this out louder in their hearts? God, I need you. Please say something like that. God, I need you. God, I'm desperate. I can't get to you on my own. I want to feel whole again, but I can't do it. I can't change the way I feel. I can't change what I've done. I can't change anything. Except I can change the way I look at you. God, I believe you sent Jesus Christ to make a way for me to know you. That he died for me so that I would have a way. So today, I choose that way. I lay down everything else, my own way, my own stuff. 
I sell everything, that, that mentality, God, of, of giving everything up to find the one thing that matters. Show me how to do that. Make me clean. Give me a new heart. And fill me with your spirit. What a fantastic message about the joy and the awe and the discovery that happens when we encounter the kingdom of God in our day-to-day lives in our community. I hope you experience that joy and that wonder and that awe or even rediscover it this week as you go throughout your week. Uh, if there's anything you need prayer for, uh, something you heard the message or, or even just about something you have going on, please let us know. This is a community. You belong here. You are seen and you are valued. The best way to let us know what you need prayer for is to fill out a connect card, which you can do on our now page. But let us know. Uh, you're, you're not here alone. You're not doing this alone. We will see you again next week.